0: Welcome to The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Alison Kaczkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm going to share with you today. Hey, everybody, it's Allison Katskowski. Thank you for joining me again this week for another edition of The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am excited, as always, to be with you on this Tuesday morning, and as always, I'm grateful that you are choosing to spend some of your time with me. Today, I'm talking to Megan French Dunbar, who is a very successful businesswoman. She um, has done a lot of things, and I'm going to let her talk a little bit about what she does and her story a little bit, but really what we're going to be talking about are you know, what are best practices if you want to run a successful business and be a thought leader in your space and, you know, leave a legacy behind for people? You know, it 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 doesn't all happen with just the focus being 100% on business. In fact, I would argue that the focus needs to be on us. So Megan, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: I am so thrilled to be here. This is uh, exciting and I have loved your show.
0: Fantastic. Awesome. So why don't you just um introduce yourself first? Um, I know you've done a lot of different things. And so I don't know that we want to really talk about anyone in particular. I just think this is such a good opportunity to address, you know, the need to have a self-care plan just like we have a business plan.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't need to go into all the specifics, but I, I can say confidently, um, I'm an entrepreneur. I my Therapist calls me a business artist. Uh, I am uh, kind of constantly creating and building and uh, getting new things out into the world. So I love building businesses. That is a really fun thing for me. I'm a journalist. Uh, my first venture was a print magazine. It was the first print magazine in the U.S. that focused on impact-driven business. It was called Conscious Company. It's on okay. stands nationwide for five years, like Whole Foods and Barnes and Noble and stuff. And so I. Kind of parlayed that into a business journalist career, so I get to interview lots and lots of extraordinary thought leaders and business leaders, which is where a lot of the wisdom that I have comes from. And then uh, I also get to facilitate and lead workshops and retreats, specifically focusing on women's leadership. So uh, I dabble, I'm kind of all over the place, but uh, have a lot of perspective, which comes from a lot of other women who I've talked to.
0: Yeah, I love that. So why don't we just start at the beginning where you call yourself i love that a business artist um and if we, we think about what an artist does an artist is kind of a master of their craft but they they more or less kind of pick a lane and stay in a lane you know the 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 people that are you know an artist in a specific style for example so so you started as an entrepreneur and then you became a journalist is that right well yeah
1: i was i was in this strange spot where actually my entrepreneurial endeavor Forced me to be a journalist. Uh, we we launched a print magazine, and I had I mean I had a journalism degree from undergrad, but that was like ten years old. I thought I'd never use it. Um, I'd worked at a print magazine for five months prior to that, and then decided to launch my own after I got fired, which was fantastic. Um, and so we launched this print magazine, and I kind of had to figure out how to be a journalist while also being an entrepreneur. So I was the editor in chief and CEO. Um, which meant I got to wear both hats of being a businesswoman while also putting together the print magazine and being a journalist. So um, that's where I started.
0: And so from there, you became, after you and you no longer have your magazine, is that right?
1: Correct. Yeah. We sold uh, the media company to a group called Socap Global in 2017. The print magazine got shut down in 2020, right around COVID.
0: Ah, okay. So now what is it that you're doing?
1: Right now, um, I, so I still write a lot. I, um, do business journalism. So just, you know, like get, do submissions for Inc and Business Chief. And I'm on the Forbes Business Council. So I do some business journalism. I do women's leadership workshops and retreats. Um, so both kind of internal at companies. I get to go inside multi-billion dollar companies like Charter Next Generation and Leonard Green and do their women's executive retreats and um, I also do women's CEO retreats so kind of customized where a female CEO will reach out and want to do a specific type of gathering and I help put that together. Um, and then I also have a business called stakeholder business which helps we essentially help leaders, business leaders understand how to do business better. By benefiting all of their stakeholders, not just their shareholders, and I'm happy nice. to go into that in more detail if you want.
0: Okay, awesome. So you've basically done a lot of things.
1: Yeah i uh, I like to do. I like to, if we're using the business artist analogy, I like to dabble in a lot of different mediums. I kind of get bored on <laughs> only one thing. <laughs>
0: Uh huh. Get bored, or do you just fi- find that you're a bit, you feel called to do something else, or what?
1: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I, know, uh, yeah, I am neurodivergent. I am uh, diagnosed as uh, having ADD, so I think there's a little bit of. I like to be all over the place, but there's also um, I follow inspiration when it strikes, and um, if I follow if a path. Calls me. I am not afraid to go down it at this point in my career. Uh, okay.
0: So let's just, why don't we just start there? It, it, it sounds like obviously being able to do all the things that you've done really w- requires not just a vision on your part, but really a plan to be able to address that. And, you know, what I'm hearing from so many successful business owners today, and I mean, I talk to a lot of people. I have people reach out to me all the time to be on my show, but but outside of that, I talk to a lot of people who, who have just experienced all different levels of burnout. And I don't know if this happened, was going on. I mean, I have no doubt it was probably going on before the pandemic, but the pandemic seems to have brought it all out. I'm just wondering in your circles what you hear and what you've heard from people about that. It is rampant. Yeah. Um,
1: I, Ended up resigning as CEO of the company that I co-founded, Conscious Company Media, in 2020 because I was completely burnt out. I would say um, maybe maybe not 100%, but I would say over 90% of entrepreneurs and business leaders and everyone that I speak to is burnt out, exhausted, overwhelmed, stressed, um, and Women specifically, I mean, research shows disproportionately so are dealing with mental health crises, and women of color even more so. So um, it is kind of this I think everyone knows about it, but for some reason, it's not spoken about as much as it should be,
0: yeah, no, i I think that's accurate. um, so i'm I'm curious from your perspective, what do you hear as far as the burnout being overstressed, exhausted? Is it just from doing all the things, or is it from feeling the feeling just feeling stretched and pulled in a million different directions, which usually is the result of a mismanaged mind? It's just thoughts being all over the place and just not really knowing, you know, what to prioritize and when to prioritize it.
1: I think it's, I think it is so much of that. Um, one of the things that I have been exploring in the last three years, I've been. Teasing this apart and really diving in deep on a book proposal that I'm working on, specifically about this topic. And one of the areas that I think I'm acknowledging and realizing is that so much of our burnout and our stress and our overwhelm comes from the pressure that we feel, both from society but also from ourselves. So we have, um, you know, I'm speaking as a woman. um, as As a woman, I have all of the societal pressures, and I'm a mom, so all the things that come with that, the ways that I should be, the way that I should show up, my appearance uh, should, you know, not need to be agreeable. I need to be nice. I need to be a caretaker. There's kind of all these expectations of women in society, and then we get into business, which is very male-dominated, and the expectations are actually the exact opposite. You need to be aggressive and competitive, and you need to prioritize your work above all else, and so we're expected to be an entirely different version of ourself in business than we are in society, and actually neither one of those are compatible with who we actually are at the core of our being. And so we're kind of walking around at all times in a place of inauthenticity, inauthenticity where we're not able to express ourselves in our fullest, authentic way, and we'll in the absence of doing that, we feel disconnected and we feel disjointed and out of alignment. And so that is a huge part of it. And as you just mentioned, just the how many things we are asked to do on a daily basis, how many competing demands, demands for our attention, how disconnected we all are. I mean, there's so much that goes into it.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree with you. And I remember a a mentor of mine years ago told me, I think I was, I was in grad school at the time, said, well, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, so, you know, and and it's interesting that we're talking about this because the mentality behind that is, is that busy people know how to prioritize. Busy people know how to manage their time. And to some degree, that's probably true. But on the other hand, it's almost like we're encouraging this overextending of ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of what I found, kind of especially in the entrepreneurship and CEO world is that you wear your busyness and your exhaustion as a badge of honor
0: oh absolutely
1: compare how overwhelmed and overworked and how late you worked and that you haven't had a weekend off in six months and how much you're traveling i mean and you get together and you kvetch and you moan about all this stuff and but you're also like kind of peacocking about it that you're bragging about how busy you are and it serves as no purpose
0: yeah Yeah, absolutely. It's like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth almost. Mm -hmm. You're talking about the need to be authentic and to speak your voice and, you know, all of that. But on the other hand, it's like your actions are like going against all that. Mm -hmm. So talk to me for a little bit then, because I'm, I'm sensing that this is you, you really understand what this feels like because you've been there. And I mean, I've talked to a lot of you know female executives who have kind of echoed the same thing but what I'm interested in hearing from you are what does that really feel like for you like how did it show up for you in your life how did it show up for you physically what did you notice in terms of you know your workload and your productivity and really who that was you know the behavior pattern really that what was leading you to become a version of yourself that you didn't really like
1: are you specifically talking about burnout
0: yeah, just because, yeah. Just, you know, doing all these different roles and, you know, going from this business to that business to I don't like the way this is done, I'm going to start my own while there's nothing wrong with that. I do think that it lends itself to exactly what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I would say I'm in a very, very different place now than I used to be. And um, but every woman, every, well, every business, manager, every person that I talk to, um, Almost always inevitably runs up against that wall, that moment of crisis that like, it's either a mental health breakdown, it's a physical health breakdown, it's something that happens that stops you in your track and you have to change. And so the way that it felt for me, um, we founded the company, my first company in 2014, and then sold it in 2017. I stayed on until 2020. And so that was six years of my life. And I did not have kids throughout most of that. And so my, what I did was I tied my entire identity and self sense of worth to this business. And it wasn't just that... I wanted us to be successful. It was that it defined me. And so I gave every waking hour to it. I felt obsessed with it. I felt, um, I mean, it was like, it's like when you fall in love for the first time and you wake up thinking about someone and you go to bed thinking about someone like that's how I was about my business. Like the first thing I thought about when I woke up, it kept me up at night. I was just totally overwhelmed and but then you ask the question about kind of productivity like I actually wasn't yeah. creating that the highest peak that I could because I was so tired and under-resourced and uh, I wasn't there were I, I didn't feel happy um, despite externally things looked very rosy Um, you know I got I had this Insane lifestyle. I got to travel. I got, you know, speak on stage at huge events and standing ovations and getting to sit in rooms with big name people. And I was very young at the time and I, behind closed doors, I was like, clinically depressed.
0: Yeah. Well, and honestly, uh, this is really not a surprise at all. I, I think this is very, very real. And I think it's much more rampant than what anybody really wants to admit. And I know there mm-hmm. are a lot of people listening to this that are li- relating to this 100%, which is why I wanted to talk about it with you. Um, so talk to me about what it feels like, in your opinion, from just from ha- having been through it and from what you hear from other people you know, talk to me about what does it look like and feel like to not really be happy or feel fulfilled in your life?
1: Hmm. It's interesting, because I, for me, it wasn't that I it wasn't that I didn't feel fulfilled. I felt um, and that was because of the work that we are doing. It was very impact driven. It was purpose driven. You know, I had I could I could see the impacts of our work, and I could see the way that what we were doing was changing people's lives by telling people's stories and inspiring people to do business in a new way, and hosting these incredible events. And you know, I I I felt very fulfilled, and that was actually kind of almost part of the part problem that kept me on the hamster wheel of just go 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 was well maybe
0: maybe being fulfilled not being fulfilled is probably not it's probably being very simplistic when I say that. I guess what I mean is just very unbalanced because when you're motivated by achievement, it's like a seesaw. It can like completely take you in one direction, which is what you're describing.
1: Yeah. And that, and yeah, I, I would say I felt fulfilled, but I didn't feel happy. And yeah. those things can exist at the same time. You can feel fulfilled and not happy. And I think, um, what that looked like for me was in those moments where i actually paused mm-hmm. um it felt there was just a uh, it felt gray uh, yeah. there was just like a lack of joy i didn't even know what else i to do with my life like i didn't even know what made me joyful or smile and and then, of course, like as soon as those feelings crept in, it was like, OK, I'm just going to make myself busy again. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so the busyness like, oh, yeah, yeah. the being a, the super busy oftentimes masks depression or discontentment because you don't even realize that you feel.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I understand. I know what you're saying. You know, I, I think for a long time when I was just starting my business, it was a, a lot of what you're talking about was how I felt too. And I've always been motivated by achievement. I'm the oldest child in my family. I've always been, you know, really more content doing my own thing than I was on somebody else's train, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and I've always been extremely motivated by what and, you know, by what I've been able to achieve on my own. I mean, I started my business with, you know, a credit card in my savings account, you know, and back when there was no internet and social media. And, you know, it's, it's, I'm some, it's something I'm very proud of. But at the same time, as a solopreneur at the time, you know, you get really caught up in making that a big part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, and that was my choice. You know, that's nobody's fault. I I own it. And that was a choice that I made. But I think you get down the road and you start asking yourself, okay, is this really all there is? And what I kept coming back to was, no, there's so much more, which has become a big, a big part of my brand now. It's one of the reasons why I started the show. So I love that you're speaking into this. Just feeling like there's more there, and there's more not just for you to do but more for you to demonstrate and to teach to other people
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I had a very similar experience it sounds like um yeah. just my i am an achiever as well ah, <laughs> okay. yeah. I'm a three on the enneagram i uh and what i when Covid hit i so I resigned from my company mm-hmm. it was march thirteenth twenty twenty Um, so on March 17th, unbeknownst to me, uh, we were in a global lockdown and I had a nine month old child. We lost our childcare. And so we navigated that and I ended up just being, just staying at home with my son. And the swing from having constant achievement and external validation to having none was so jarring for me. It felt like whiplash. And I that time, I mean, of course, that time was incredibly hard for humanity. Um, But my personal journey during that time, I was more depressed during that part of my life than I ever had been because I had no way to achieve. And I only defined my worth and my value through external validation. So this last three years has really just been trying to understand what, Intrinsic motivation looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what does it look like to have, you know, in just inherent joy of doing things and how do I make myself happy in the absence of being applauded for doing things? And that journey is not unique to me, but it is one that I. Yeah, it is. It has been so profound and so helpful for me to just be a more balanced person.
0: Yeah, no. And I love that. This is a, a conversation that we just need to keep having. And that's just why when I have an opportunity to talk to somebody, I always want to revisit it because I believe that at least one person listening right now is going to be helped by our conversation. And so I've created a brand new Visionary Retreat Leaders Checklist. This is pure gold, folks. This is all stuff that I have learned through my own planning processes over the last 10 years that I've been delivering retreats. So if you wanna get your hands on a copy, it's absolutely free. You can go to my website, www.theallisonk.com. Click on the work with me icon, work with me, which is on the left-hand side, if you go to my website and click it, and you start scrolling down the page and there'll be a pop-up window that will appear. And you can just put your email address in, and we'll be glad to send it to you. So make sure you take advantage of this. This is an amazing free offer. This is worth its weight in gold. And quite honestly, I see a lot of people charging a lot of money for the stuff that I'm just giving to you for free. So. Go get your hands on it. I would love to get your feedback, see what you think, but definitely take it as a free gift from me because I really believe in over-delivering and over-sharing, and I just want you to be able to have it so that you can start using it and planning your own retreats and events. So take advantage. I would love to hear what you think. Let's talk about kind of like, you know, when COVID hit and you decided that you needed to take a look really at how you were being and how you were living. You know, obviously, prioritizing yourself had to be part of that conversation. So, talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't until September (laughs) that I started prioritizing myself. I, you know, we were just kind of trying to navigate having a baby and doing all these things. And um, it was finally in September that I saw a therapist for the first time in my life. And that was like a first step toward prioritizing my own self care. And I've been working with my therapist, Lynn, who is extraordinary for three and a half years. I spoke with her yesterday. Um, and just that step has been a huge leap for me as a human. Um, and then it, I, it started to look like just very simple things, like exercising when my child was napping and doing things that brought me joy like gasp like oh my gosh like you can actually do things that make you feel happy um but right. it it wasn't like a I i quit my job and found myself totally isolated in march like it took me probably a year before i got to a place where i felt okay with being not being who i used to be
0: yeah Well, honestly, I think it took a lot of us time. There were a lot of us that just kind of took a pause and to use your word, and we were like, okay, first of all, what in the world's going on? What is normal going to look like if there is such a thing on the other side of this, right? And what does that look like for me? And so one of the things that I have heard from so many people since that time is not just a need for more balance, but a need to have more spaciousness. In your life and in your calendar. Um, I know that's something I have embraced fully. And like you, I took a large pause in 2020. 90% of my business went out the window and I basically had to start over. And after mm-hmm. being a successful entrepreneur for over 20 years, that was a real gut check moment for me. Um, and people that know me and follow me know my story around that. But, but at the same time, I, t- I when, when the smoke cleared, the, the story I like to say is, there's an opportunity here, and I ran with it. And now I'm doing. I have the life, and the calendar, and the business, and I'm doing all the things that I really love doing. So, to you, to your point, I think there's something to be said for realizing. You know what? I don't have to do all this. In fact, I can do it my way.
1: Yeah, I would say I, I have a parallel journey to yours.
0: So, what does that look like then? What does Megan's way look like?
1: Yeah, I mean. um, we, I mean, this comes from a place of privilege to be able to afford childcare like this. But, you know, my husband and I really sat down at really, so we had a second baby during um in 2021. So we have two little teeny, yeah. we have a 18 month old or a 19 month old right now and a four year old. And um as I emerged from that in kind of June of last year, my husband and I talked about what it would look like for me to reenter my professional life in a healthy way. And so for me, that looks like we have a nanny who shows up at 830 in the morning and our four year old goes to school and the nanny is here until 330. And at 330, um, so I work from nine to 230 every day and from 230 to 330, I take time for my own health. So go for right. a walk. Go do, you know, read a book, like do something that is just for me. I have a whole hour of my day that I. I realized I kind of watch my energy, and yeah. Yeah. I I wake up ready to go. So, like at eight thirty, I'm ready to sit down on my computer and roll. Cool. And by about two, I'm spent. Like yeah. I can sit at my computer and still do things, but they're not the highest quality in the world. And so, two thirty is when I just kind of stop. Do my own thing at three thirty. I take over with the kids. We hang out uh, until about five and do our thing. And so I get juicy lovely time with my two kiddos every day and um that that is kind of the schedule that i follow i try to take a lot of fridays off um i don't work on the weekends i do not work at night um there's nothing i'm not a brain surgeon like there's nothing that i'm doing that's important enough to justify taking time away from my loved ones at this point (laughs) um so um that's about where i'm at i think the interesting component that will be you know Looking at in the next six months plus is how to build some travel back into that because I went from traveling constantly to traveling not at all, and so as that comes back, I want to figure out how to do that in a healthy way. But um yeah, being—I mean—but this is also not everyone has the luxury of being able to say, "Oh, oh I, I work from eight thirty to two thirty, and I have childcare," and so like it's hard. For me yeah. sometimes to say, like, this is a prescriptive approach, but this is what works for me. Um, and I was very intentional about coming back. And there are times when I get the lure of working yeah. uh, past 3.30. Yeah. Uh, it's like a siren song, but um, I resist it with all that I have.
0: Well, and a lot of that is just a, a program that you used to run for yourself, right? It used yeah. to be a lot of who you used to be. And of course it's going to come up. I think it would be, I think it would be disingenuous to say, Oh, I never think about that anymore because we, you know, we, we get good at what we do often. That's one of the things my clients say that I say all the time and they're right. I do. <laughs> but, um, but we do get good at what we do often. And I think the fact that you recognize no this is not the way that I want to be you don't freak out when that happens right you recognize that it's there and you let yourself kind of confront it if you will like an uninvited guest and then you say all right I'm not doing this this isn't working for me
1: yeah and the the other thing that just came up that I am uh, that I do regularly and it, it, it takes uh, a massive act of <laughs> I don't know uh, Someone who is uh, enticing me to do this differently to change this, but I am in bed by nine o'clock. I read from nine to ten. I go to sleep at ten o'clock on the dot, and I wake up at you know between six and seven. So I'm one hundred percent getting eight hours a night. Um, yeah. I'm very consistent about my sleep schedule and that has changed the game for me
0: yeah I totally agree with you that's something that I've had to work very hard at doing too um, I'm an early riser like you um you know ever since I was a student I've I've been one to work out early in the morning it's just my my thing and um, that's a non-negotiable for me and mm-hmm. um, and a lot of times if I have an opportunity to do something at night it's like I'm very careful you know, especially during the week, not to let that interfere. And I think yeah. a lot of people think, oh, it's one night off. It's not going to matter. Oh, it's uh, everyone needs a vacation or whatever. And to some degree, that's true. But I think if that is the case, then you have to own it and you have to, you know, decide and, you know, accept that it's going to mean that you have to make some adjustments, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, we we have to be 100% responsible for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but let's say that for, for someone's listening to this and and they're really relating to our conversation, um, and I'm just, I'm betting, I always know that that's the case. So I'm wondering if you could just offer some easy pieces of advice, something simple that someone could walk away with that might be struggling or might be wondering how to get off the train or get off the ride. Um, what do you say to that?
1: Yeah, I wish I wish I had like just one thing that I did or that I've seen other people do that works, but I, I have seen some things and implemented them myself and I'll try not to get too many ideas here, but one, right. yeah, the first thing that I have had tremendous success with is just examining the stories that I tell myself. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, especially in those moments where I hear the word should, or I feel obligation, Um, And this could be, you know, I should go to this dinner or I feel like when I walk into this room, I should behave a different way is like stopping and pausing and investigating whether or not those things are in fact true. I've watched so many of my beloved friends in my community and people that I know, like just have a profound source of stress because they think because they're just very concerned about the way that other people are going to react or how they should do things or, you know, we need to get into this school with our kids or I need to wear this thing that makes me very uncomfortable. Like, we just, there's so much that we do on a daily basis to conform to ways that we think we should be, and they're not accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, yeah, investigating the shoulds is a big one. I think um one thing that I've this year has been like kind of an awakening for me around is, is asking yourself the question, like, what do you do for fun? And when do you do it? Like that, I, I, you know, maybe like going out to dinner with friends or like there's stuff like that, that, you know, we occasionally try to slip in, but like what actually at the core of your being, like if, Money were not an issue. What would you actually be doing that brings you tremendous joy? So, for me, I love traveling. Like, I absolutely love traveling. And it has been very hard. Yeah. Uh, And having a four year old and the one and a half year old, it is very hard to travel. And this year in March, um, so this last year, my dad has been very sick. And so, watching him go through this, um, it's just inspired a lot of this questioning in me around what am I, what do I, what am I doing with every minute that I have on this beautiful earth? And this March, as he was going through chemo, I was like, well, yeah, I haven't, I haven't traveled in so long. And so I said to my husband, I think, so I'm, I'm a huge soccer fan. I, uh, just across the board. Love Liverpool. It's my team yeah. in the Premier League in England. And my brother's living in Wales. And I was like, you know, it is a, before my brother moves back, it is a dream to go see a game at Anfield, That's which is a stadium where Liverpool plays. And so I said this to my husband, and like, my husband is the most supportive nation of the planet. You have to be to be married to some And I was like, I'm thinking about like going to London and then heading up to Liverpool and maybe meeting my brother. And he was like, You're joking, right? And I was like, I'm not.
0: I'm 100% serious.
1: Yeah. Like I I need, I need this. Like I need to feed this side of me again. I haven't, she's been dormant for a while and I haven't felt. Extraordinarily joyful by myself in a very long time. There are moments of joy in my life. I have gorgeous kids. I, you know, I love my husband. We're having a blast. We have great friends and totally. this thing I haven't done. And so we figured out a way to make it work. I went to London. I had two days by myself there and like just putting in headphones and walking around and eating pastry and seeing things and sitting in cafes by myself and just taking some time to do the thing that brings me the most uh-huh. Joy. I came back and I was totally resourced and felt thrilled. And I, I mean, I finished my book proposal. Like, I just, yeah, like actually leaning. Well, in we into have to invest
0: things. in ourselves, you know. Yes. And for and for so many entrepreneurs, especially solopreneurs, and and people like you and me who've been at this game for a long time, you know, and and having an experience like what you just described is an investment in yourself because you come back not just an updated or upgraded version of yourself, if you will. And it's not like you've been somewhere on a, you know, on a retreat where you've been like, you know, working on your fitness and your wellness and look, that's okay too. But, but my, my point is that experiences are what change us. They allow us to be fully present and they allow us to keep living and being the example that we want to be.
1: Yeah. The amount of time that we spend as humans Doing things to achieve an end result
0: mm. is astounding. I know.
1: And the amount of time that we do things not to achieve a result, but just to have fun mm-hmm. and laugh and be joyful is very small. And like that, how has that become the norm? How I is know. that how we're programmed? Like question. it just blows my mind.
0: Yeah. It's a very good question. And it's something that I think we need to be talking about openly, you know, because it takes people actually doing that. First of all, talking about it, almost like it's a taboo subject, right? Talking about it, but also doing something in their life that demonstrates that, hey, this isn't just something that happened, you know, in a vacuum over here. This can be the way that you can live on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause to me, that's really what self-care is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Anything, any parting thoughts, any final thoughts, anything that you would like to share before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, I think just building on kind of those two things that I was just saying around investigating our stories and finding the time for joy is is examining the permission that you give yourself in your life and exploring like, just how you prioritize yourself if you do at all, um, yeah. which I, I know is a common theme that yeah. you talk about and that many people talk about, but there's just, there's so much, there's so many stories that we tell ourselves about how we need to prioritize others before ourselves and we need to prioritize our work before, uh, yeah, we just, we become so, it's not even that we're secondary in our own story. It's like we're 11th in our own story. Yeah. But like, yeah. this is your story like that. And that's like something, it, it's not a selfish act to prioritize yourself every once in a while. And like that, that, that just keeps coming up for me as, as soon as I lean into doing something for myself I noticed the way that I talk to myself about it around like, oh my gosh, like, can't believe you're leaving the kids for a few hours to go do this. And then it's like,
0: just, just yeah, it's stop. have to be that way. You know, yeah. it's like, why shouldn't your family get the best version of you? You know, yeah. it's like, th- these are the, uh, these are, these are conversations that we need to be having. So where can people connect with you, Megan?
1: Um, easiest way is, uh, I have a website, dot com. um, LinkedIn is also another great place. I'm not super active on the socials. Uh, they drive me a little bit batty. so uh yeah, check out the website and uh, you can check all my current writing is usually there as well as okay. other ways to connect with me.
0: Oh, fantastic. All right. well, I really appreciate you making time to talk to me today. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, my pleasure. So uh, folks out there listening, please, if what our conversation today has like stirred something in you or made you more aware, of how you're living and perhaps how you're balancing or not balancing things. And you would like to connect with Megan. You can find her website in the show notes. You can also look for her on LinkedIn, um, particularly those of you who are in media, particularly those of you who are interested and in possibly collaborating or just talking about the, the bigger picture here. Cause that's what, what we do here is we have the real conversations that not everybody really wants to have. Um, and If this episode has been helpful for you in that regard, and you want to share it with a friend or a colleague, just copy the link and send it to them as a free gift from me. If you would like, you can connect with me on my website at www.theallisonk.com, and I will do it for you or someone on my team will do it for you. Because this is really how we start change, how we create change, and how we continue with the movement that we started four years ago when I started the show. And this is why we're heard all over the world, and we have so many amazing listeners like you, because you keep showing up just like we do. And that's what it's all about. Um, please know that I'm extremely grateful for each and every one of you. That's what I got for you this week on the podcast, folks. This is Alison Katzkowski with the ultimate journey of self-care. You're one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one.